Welcome back to Listening In. I'm here again today with Chuck. What's up? Uh, today we're going to be going into uh, one of our favorite artists, uh, Jack White. He's most well known for The White Stripes, which is a band he made with um, Meg White, who um, he, those two worked together. And it was really amazing because with that band, it was just the two of them. And they put out so many songs, albums, and they really did a good job, in my opinion, of playing like all the instruments. Like he would switch over from guitar to drums. Meg mainly stayed on drums, and he would sing. Actually, I don't. I don't think he ever played drums in that band. He didn't. Not. Not that I know of. Because well, the trick is that Meg was the drummer, and that's really all she did. Mm-hmm. Um. So. There wouldn't really be much for her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he he does play the drums, but um, actually he started playing the drums. Um, but I think he kind of moved on to guitar, um, especially with the White Stripes, because Meg Meg was going to play the drums. But anyway, fun fact about them: Meg is his ex-wife, which makes it a really interesting band. And they were actually divorced before the band started. Um, but anyway, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the White Stripes at all. Um, who that's kind of how Jack White rose to fame. Um, you definitely know the song Seven Nation Army. And if, if that doesn't sound familiar to you, go ahead and look it up. And I guarantee you, you have definitely heard that song. Um, and uh, Jack White, he, like I was saying, he got big with the White Stripes. But then he developed more to do his own thing. He wanted to try out some new sounds and just see how far he could go on his own. And that was pretty darn far yeah i mean he so he he had the white stripes which are his most well-known one but then while the white stripes were a thing um he also made another band called the raconteurs where they made a little bit different music and he made another band called the dead weather which again just gave him a little bit more opportunity to explore different uh different sounds a bit and then eventually the white stripes broke up which was a huge tragedy i think that was back in 2011 um and he uh he also has made three solo albums so yeah, this is this is uh, we're going to be talking about the song "Ice Station Zebra" off of his latest album "Boarding House Reach" that was just actually released um, earlier this year. Yeah, it he is one of those artists who he has such a good grasp on music and the sound that people a lot of people like to hear. And he has this style which kind of brings a little bit of, in my opinion, a little bit of twang, but yet he keeps a really, really good like electric guitar, bass, and drums going. And he also, in his newer stuff, has been giving it a little bit more of that heavy, heavier bass tone. Yeah, I mean, I would say in his new stuff, yeah, he's branched out quite a bit into like electronic um, sounds. So whether that's synthesizers or like drum machines, um, he's he's kind of doing it all. So um, this is going to be a really interesting song, actually, or rather, it is a really interesting song because um, yeah, he, he kind of started off doing like garage band rock, um, so just kind of like gritty, um, gritty music, um, trying to kind of like raw lo-fi sounds uh, kind of like classic more more classic rock um in my opinion like the white stripes for example sounded a lot like led zeppelin 
uh, which I loved. Um, so for this, he's, he's definitely beginning a bit more modern, modern sounds, and also really, really weird out there, just like experimental stuff. Like this whole thing is just very experimental, a huge departure for him. I mean, in this song, the way he's delivering his lyrics, um, he's like pretty much rapping. Uh, I don't know if you can really call it rap, but I don't know of any better word to describe it. So, Yeah, it's a really interesting song, which is why we chose to present it to you today. Again, the song is called Ice Station Zebra from what? Boarding House Reach. Boarding House Reach. Yeah, it's also really uh, cool because we actually just saw him um, play in Chicago on Monday. And um, that was a really interesting experience because he, he completely killed it. He's just such a great performer, such a great guitarist. Like, I don't know, you can't really ask for more. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in any of the shows I've ever gone to. And not just in rock, but in any, like, just show you go to see something. Because he went up there and just decided to pick up... They set up about, like, ten different guitars for him (laughs) to use and a drum set and, then and also he, a keyboard and like everything else you know that you every make, other instrument you could possibly use plus the microphone and he did have people with him he had like three people and he d- would start off like playing the guitar and then mid-song he decided okay i want to like switch the sound up and he played a different guitar and then he went over to where the drummer was and grabbed like a drum um the drumsticks from him and just started drumming to the beat, and then he went over to the piano, he played a little bit on that, and meanwhile, there's all these, like, band members, like, it must be so interesting to be in a band with Jack White, because you never know what he's gonna do next. Yeah, for sure, um, it's, he also doesn't use a set list for his concerts, so, like, you always gotta be on your toes, like, if you're in his band, because you never know what's coming. Yeah. So, that, that's pretty cool, um, one last notable thing about this song is apparently it was actually born out of um, a collaboration Jack White had been working on with Jay-Z, actually, uh, which, again, is a really kind of bizarre, in my mind, combination um, because you've got Jay-Z, if you're familiar with him at all, uh, is a pretty big figure in hip-hop um, and completely opposite of Jack White, pretty much in everything, just like, I don't know, you've got like, more of like a classic like lo-fi rock sound uh, mixed with hip-hop, it's just kind of an interesting combination. But I guess um, that collaboration never really uh, went anywhere. So this is like one of the songs that that Jack had been working on. But I think originally Jay-Z was supposed to be like, you know, doing his own like lyrics and, and all this stuff. And Jack just kind of decided to use it for his new album. So um, I guess with that said, shall we get started?
want to be responsible Truth, you're the warden, is the keys of the prison You create your own box, you don't have to listen To any other label makers written your obituary Okay, so... Man, I don't even know where to start. Like, I, I just love the way the song starts. Um, it's just kind of just like this this beat going on, and they, they have a little bit of, like, jazz-influenced piano going on there. And you just have no idea what direction the song's going to turn at any moment because it's just, like, so so eclectic. Like, how, like, you're, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, my brain doesn't have any concept of like what where he's leading us with these sounds and i'm personally i'm really impressed with how he made the piano blend into the drums like personally for me if you give me a piano and drums i'd say these two don't work together you cannot put a piano with drums well, in I mean, the same song to be fair like there's a lot of different kind of drums right because like i think drums make everything better and for example, you have like a lot of jazz where it could just be like piano and then like someone laying down a beat with some drums, but it's not like these are pretty aggressive drums. Yeah. Like this is not like jazz drumming. Uh, and maybe it is, uh, you know, I, that's not really my, my forte, but um, yeah, it's, it's like he just is co combining so many different sounds together. And then all of a sudden, um, yeah, you can hear some nice a nice deep beat going to on top of the drum so like some kind of a drum machine like an 808 or something um and it's just i don't know for me it appeals to basically like from an auditory standpoint just kind of everything my brain wants to hear even though i didn't know that well and also with the way he started it it really does um get me into the mood it does do a great job of setting the tone for how i'm gonna feel the rest of this song right and I'm it, it like, gets you amped up too exactly i'm moving my body back right and exactly forth. you feel the beat immediately you can't not like have a reaction to that yeah and exactly but the beat itself is not like this overpowering loud sound it's more like smooth it's groovy. It's groovy. yeah exactly it's got a really nice groove to it for sure um yeah so but anyway, with that said, um, going more into the lyrics, which since he's um, doing more of like a rap delivery, he manages to squeeze in quite a bit of lyrics in a short amount of time. So there's a, a lot to dig through here. But um, essentially, to me, I mean, it sounds like he's kind of annoyed with um, how stuff gets labeled. And maybe he's not annoyed. Maybe it's just an observation he's made. But that um, everything in the world gets labeled and put into a box um and it, it doesn't really matter like if you don't like it it's going to happen that's just the nature of how how i think our human brains work and and like it would be very difficult to not work that way but that doesn't mean that it's like necessarily a great system either or or fair or how, whatever you want to call it um but yeah he also has a line in here that i think is interesting that is who picked the label doesn't want to be responsible so like I'm not even sure what the implications of that are, honestly, but um, like you can you can create a label and, and put it on somebody and but you don't have to take responsibility for it or mm -hmm. you don't want to be responsible, which is pretty interesting because I think we can all understand kind of how how it, like negatively um, being labeled can affect you. And it's just going back to what we were saying before, it's kind of just something we do in immediate human nature like without even saying words you just look at someone and in your mind you have to 
have an idea for yourself of who you think this person right. is and how you think well, they are by their and, mannerisms. And I was even doing that earlier when I said that, you know, Jay-Z and Jack White is kind of like a weird combination because I've put them both into boxes, you know, like Jack White is making rock music and Jay-Z is making hip hop. And to me, you know, they're both in separate boxes. Right. And so I've already said like, you know, Jack White basically is not allowed to leave this box. Obviously, I don't, I think it's great that he, he's, he's out there, but I think that's just a really great example of just how... Like how like, you put labels on things automatically. Yeah, without even thinking about it. Yeah. And then when you do get called out on it, it is kind of one of those things where it's like you're trying to tell yourself like, no, I didn't put a label on it. Like, but and you don't want to well, be he's saying like you don't want to be responsible, but it's just something in our human nature. It's just something right. you do automatically. And I mean, to be fair, it's also tremendously useful because, you know, I can say Jack White makes rock music that immediately kind of lets you know like what to expect mm -hmm. um and again maybe not the best way to handle things because just because he makes rock music doesn't mean he can't do other stuff or be good at other stuff but just like i don't know it, you you can't really survive i feel like without kind of making making some generalizations about the way things are I for guess. sure otherwise you you'll never know what to expect in any situation which i think can be good but also, like, is maybe not very realistic. Mm -hmm. For um, sure. But yeah. Uh, no, I I agree. Um, and when he's saying... He says, yeah, truth, you're the warden, here's the keys to the prison. So he's basically saying that, to me, he's saying that, like, you're... He's basically touching on, like, you're the one putting everyone inside your own like label in your own mind you're already putting them in a certain place like you have the key to put them in that place in your mind and you're the one you're the guy in charge of who puts them where it's you can't necessarily blame like what they're doing or this or that it's just immediately in your mind. It's just human nature. That's what you do. So You're the warden for to me, the prison. I see it a little bit differently. I, I kind of interpret that as him saying that truth is the warden. Um, and like here's the keys to the prison. So like you've been put in this box. But like the truth is actually like the way to get out of that. Like you can just because someone puts you in a box and says that you are this doesn't mean that you need to do that. Like the truth will actually like set you free essentially. And so you can, once you have the keys to the prison, that actually means you can get out of it. And so I think the prison in this case being a metaphor for like the box or, or label that we put on people or that, and I don't, I think he's more talking about like when you have a label put on you, you need to be able to get out of that box. And I think he, he goes even further with that when he says you create your own box, you don't have to listen. So just because someone says that this is how you are, like you're the one who decides at the end of the day, whether to put yourself in a box. Um, other people might label you a certain way, but at the end of the day, you're the one who's in control about how you see yourself. You you can choose to let that impact how you're going to be, or you can decide like what you want your box to be. You know, you don't have to listen. Um, and then he continues, I guess you don't have to listen, continues into to any of the label makers printing your obituary. So basically, again, these people were kind of defining who you are and like writing your obituary like... Um, they're they're definitely putting you in a box, but you at the end of the day, just because they have that power, they, they shouldn't have that power over you. You should still. You're writing one. your own obituary. 
Yeah, I mean, even if like even by if, what you do every day, that's what you're gonna be remembered for. And even in yourself, you know personally, like, hey, this is what I'm actually doing. This is who I am as a person. This is what right. I like. This is what but, I do. And you show that more and more. And you're like, it doesn't really matter. It it gets to a point where it's just, it doesn't matter if the person had me labeled as this, this, this. On my obituary, I know what I did. Right, but like, I also I'm, don't think he's saying that by taking control, you are able to write your own obituary because at the end of the day, you don't write your own obituary. Someone else writes it after you're dead, based on what you, based on their interpretations of what you've done, which is generally generally them labeling you. So you're never gonna have that power, but like all because you don't have the power to control it anyway. Why do you care? You know, why like do you at, care what they think? Right, someone else is gonna be writing your obituary regardless, and they're gonna interpret it their own way. So, like, I, I mean, I think you have a good point. Like, you should try to like kind of carve out your own path, and hopefully, people will get the idea and remember you for that. But that's not a guarantee. People are still gonna interpret however they want. Um, so. With that said, like, there's no point in just trying to, like, go with what people, like, think, think you should, should be or do. Like, you need to be able to make those decisions on your own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a couple of different ways to go. I also want to kind of give a shout out. I think it's a kind of a cool wordplay that he's got going on to any of the label makers printing your obituary. Like, label makers literally print stuff out. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's not where he's going with that, but uh, to me, it, it makes makes me happy just to read stuff like that. But anyway, here's an example. If Joe Blow says yo, you paint like a vagio, you'll respond no, that's an insult, Joe. I live in a vacuum, I ain't copping no one. Listen up, son. Everyone creating is a member of the family. Passing down genes and ideas in harmony. The players and the cynics might be thinking it's odd, but if you rewind the tape, we're all copying God. Copying God. Copying God. Copying God. Copying God. Add your own piece, but the puzzle is God. So... He kind of, uh, I think, continues with that train of thought about how people tend to label. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly even sick of myself saying that word now. But um, but with, with his little example, um, which this this was really intriguing for me at first because I, I it took me a little bit to get it. But he says, if Joe Blow says, yo, you paint like Carvaggio, you'll respond, no, that's an insult, Joe. Which I thought that was interesting because if you're not familiar with Carvaggio at all, Super famous painter, I think like Renaissance era, um, did really amazing works. Like generally to be compared to him, I think would be an extremely uh, great compliment. Like I honestly like in the arts, I think it's probably one of the highest. But he says, no, that's an insult because basically the implication is you're saying that you're kind of copying him, you know. And even even though that means you're like at his level, you don't want to be at his level. You want to do your own thing. It kind of is a double-handed, like, slap in the face almost, like, um, when someone's commenting on, like, your own personal work, which you would be very proud of, and say, wow, this painting is just like Carvaggio's, where it's now taking the credit away from you and giving it to a different person, 
and I can t- totally see how that would make one pissed. Right, exactly. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. Yeah. But even though you might not see it that way, and I mean, I think we can all relate to that when someone's like, oh, like, you're you're like this, and you're like, well, like, I know you mean that as a compliment, but personally, I find that kind of insulting because, like, that's not what I was going for, or, like, that's I wasn't trying to copy them, or this is all me, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, he continues and he says, I live in a vacuum, I ain't copying no one. Um, so again, I think he's just trying to imply that, like, you know, being in a vacuum, it means you're not influenced by other things. Obviously, everyone's influenced by things, but I think he's just trying to say that, you know, these are his ideas. And, um, I mean, obviously everything that you do is going to be derived off of something that someone else has probably already done. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just trying to rip them off. You know, and I think it's uh, kind of a interesting fine line to walk there. But, you know, nothing is new. <laughs> um, everything kind of just built on top of other stuff. For sure. And I mean, even in music. You, oh, especially in music. Like, yeah, especially in music. Like, people might say like, oh, well, all rock music is the same. Which, yes, it is. But you... Personally, will look exactly like it just depends on what you mean by the same. (laughs) Exactly, it depends on what. Yes, in the end, they are using a lot of the same like instruments and this. Right, there's a general idea of how things should work. Exactly, and you could say that oh, well, they're just getting this from this person, and this is this. When instead of doing that. You can just listen to each individual artist and appreciate, and appreciate what, they, what they have. Yeah, what they bring to the table. I mean, where does it end, right? You can say, oh, well, you're using an electric guitar, so you must be copying, you know, like Led Zeppelin or something like that. I mean, probably not the best example, but like, where does it end? Or like, you can't use this chord because, you know, this is um, this is Elton John's chord, you know? Like, right. You, at some point, like, then, we need to just accept that. And then at that point, it's like, what, well, who is Led Zeppelin copying then? Right, exactly. And, and so, and, but I think he kind of gets into that in the um, next, the next um, bars. Then let us go on. Okay. So, so then he says, "Listen up, son." Which I mean, I don't know. I like it. It's, yeah. It's kind of enduring. He's now he's going to tell us how it is. But yeah. So kind of what we were saying before. He says, uh, "Everyone creating is a member of the family, passing down ge- genes and ideas in harmony." So. I think when he says everyone creating, he means the arts. And so once you're making something, you're part of like that family. And everyone passes down ideas um, and their genes. Um, and it's part of their legacy. I mean, that's just... it like would their be, contribution? Yeah. Personally, I would think it as an honor if someone like started podcasting or something because they heard this podcast right but that doesn't mean that they're ripping us right off either, i right? wouldn't right it just depends how you distinction. take it exactly it depends you just need to make take it in right. that way and then, and then who like, are we ripping off right and then right. who's the first person to ever do a podcast right, exactly. and are we all really just copying them yeah or are we just making our own art that um i don't know may have been like created from born from ideas that were passed down from previous members but that doesn't mean that it's not uniquely ours or you know it's 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 its own thing and that's something in artistry that i think is a huge part of artistry where you can look at like older arts like leonardo michelangelo older arts well older Older, arts i mean like older artists right right (laughs) i mean yeah true uh but 
older artists like painting and um, all this other stuff where it's like, oh, well, he was definitely copying Michelangelo. You can tell with his brush right here. Right. Well, in my opinion, no one is like straight up copying anyone unless they were taught by that person specifically what they were doing. No, but even then, but even just because you're taught by someone doesn't mean doesn't, you're copying. Right. And that's what I was about to say. Even then, you can't really say that it's copying because they're just teaching you how it's it's like if um, my dad had te- taught me to play the piano and people were like, oh, you're copying your dad when playing the piano. And what? Like, what? I'm not even <laughs> playing the same songs. Like, what if you're composing your own music? Uh, right, exactly. Right, exactly. Um, shoot, I was going to go. Oh, yeah, but. With that said, it's important to note that there are literally people who do copy other people, and that's why it's such a big insult, because generally that's seen as, like, a bad thing. Um, I mean, it, it depends on if you give credit and all this stuff, but there's, like, a few really notable examples within music of people stealing, like, some really famous, like, riffs or, like, um, I don't know, all, all, all kinds of stuff. And that, that's pretty controversial because that's considered plagiarism. And there's a big difference between being influenced by someone's work or and building upon credit. someone else's work um, or, mean, you know, or being taught by someone and just kind of incorporating some of their things into your style versus just straight up copying them. One requires a lot of skill and talent and one literally is just the laziest um, thing you can do. I mean, shout out to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to look at some fun um, copying some, stuff, yeah, some fun plagiarism accusations. Andrew Lloyd Webber has been accused of quite a few ones, and I, I am personally of the uh, opinion that, if you don't know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is, he, he wrote like The Fan of the Opera and some other musicals. I personally think that he is a plagiarist, but anyway, form your own opinions on those. But Yeah. But anyway, I think the crux of this, though, where we kind of like the point that we've kind of been talking about, Jack White kind of covers it, and he says, the players in the cynics might, think, might be thinking it's odd, but if you want, rewind the tape, we're all copying God. And then um, he also says, add your own piece, but the puzzle is God's. So that's kind of like the, the main point, right? Like, yeah, like if you really want to talk about creating stuff, like... We're all copying this God. Yeah, like God is the one who created everything and theoretically. He, so like by us creating anything, we're literally just copying him. And also we're li- literally using everything that he's given us, you know, which would be everything right? Um, in order to do anything. And so you can add your own piece... Um, and add your own little contribution, but at the end of the day, the puzzle is still God's. So right, and so really, if anyone has the right to be upset about copying, is it would be God. Right, and, and who? How? How could we even have any stand, ground to stand on saying that someone else is like ripping us off? Right, exactly. <laughs> so just putting it in perspective for everyone. But yeah. Anyway. Do well, never have to ever hear the rings of school bells. Glad jeans don't sell. 
cellular phone All the time in the world No twilight zone My comments mine And they know they can't get it JB told me you got to hit it and quit it Alright, so um, I just want to say I'm a really big fan of like some of the effects on um, Jack's voice during the, that last segment. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but sonically I find it very, very um, enjoyable. Um, but I think the general sentiment of those last couple verses are... I'm not going to get into it too deep because I, I don't know. I No, no sense in beating a, a dead horse, but... Um, Basically, he's just kind of like, I don't know, how would you how would you describe it with like this last verse? Like paying interest on the bills of late, but I just can't seem to remember the date. Just like trying to keep, um, he's laying low and turning off the lamps, keeping a low profile, not making his payments on time because he can't remember um, the dates. He's not really paying attention to that. He's just kind of living. Um, well, it's just like time goes by and life finds a way. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Good uh, it's just one of those things where he's more of now coming to terms with just life and just trying to like stay low, stay. Yeah, but I think he's also saying that he's kind of like, I don't know, kind of out there. Um, we could put together a portfolio and sing hallelujah in stereo. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> if we find a baby letter into the fold, but keep the car running on molten gold. I mean, I think he's saying there that, like, you keep the car running at, like, tremendous cost. But, like, honestly, I, I don't even really know what what he's well, trying to convey. Well, with the find the baby and letter into the fold, I think it's showing that he's open. Like, he wants people to feel included in this group of where the mute. Because we've been talking about, like, music and, like, this and, and um, like, what the rights are here and this. But he wants people to feel like they he wants people to feel welcome to listen in with him like you're listening in with us to this music and just get, in, hey. yeah and just get a feeling for it and just enjoy it yourself yeah i mean i mean i think there's definitely some very cryptic things going on there and who knows if there actually is a meaning or if it's just like what you need to do in order to be able to rap uh, rap in quotes, obviously. Um, okay. Um, he, uh, there's a really cool reference in one of those, in um, a little bit later from where we're talking, where he says, um, I'll never have to hear the ring of school bells. That's a reference to a White Stripes song. I always love when um, artists reference themselves like that. Um, the song is called The Air Near My Fingers. And... Um, I mean, also, that's kind of a powerful line, too. Like, I never have to hear the rings of school bells. Like, you know, he's he's past that. He's not he's not going back. Like, that's, that's a part of his life that he's done with. Yeah, school is out. <laughs> Plaid jeans, no cellular phone. All the time in the world, no twilight zone. My time is mine, and you know they can't get it. And then JB told me you got to hit it and quit it. JB being, of course, James Brown, um, referencing, um, I think, Get Up. I'm not sure what, what song that is. Um, yeah, I think it's get up. But yeah, I, I think he's just trying to express in, in general, like he's kind of like what you're saying. He's doing his own thing. 
living his life the weird way he wants to, plaid jeans, no phone, like no Twilight Zone. Um, I don't know. He's just keeping it going. But I, I do appreciate how groovy it's sounding. Got some of that jazz influence going on there. Like, I, I'm a huge fan. And again, only Jack White, in my opinion, can really do this. Because personally, I didn't hear this. I mean, I wouldn't say only Jack White. Well, that's true. But I didn't hear this at the beginning. I didn't hear like these jazzy, just more like chill, like lounge grooves, tones, groovy grooves. lounge, lounge tones. And now he's bringing it into this song and it's showing that he likes that, especially with this song, I would classify it as a good like experimental song. Right. And it's definitely one of those songs. You got to listen to it like a hundred times. Because there's so much going on, both sonically and lyrically, that it's just really hard to comprehend it all, or even like see what's going on. So for sure, I'm not. But yeah, I I don't really have much more commentary for that part than that. So I think we should keep going unless you got something. No, let's do it. The name of the tune is Cool Hand Lucas. I got stripes on my pants and boots. In prison, you can learn a lesson from the analog to the hot box session. Listen. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up the song again. Um, that was Ice Station Zebra by Jack White. Um, Off of his album. Uh, dude, it's Boarding House Reach. Boarding House Reach. <laughs> gotta, Sorry. <laughs> gotta get with the program with that. Um, but yeah, he kind of just emphasizes in that last verse that like, I'm never going to go where you want me to go because I got feelings that you don't know. Um, you know, just like he's not going to do what you want him to do because he wants to do his own thing. Just because you're going to put him in a box, he's not going to, he's not going to necessarily just do that. You know, he, he's, he's got his own things that he wants to do and you don't know like really what, what his and, end goal is or. And that's the nice thing about like artists who. Or art. <laughs> well, art too, where it's people who don't want to just do the same old same old they want to like it's Break not out. saying that they won't use some of the same stuff right but they've got they the keys to the prison and they're exactly then they're about to get out they're like we were saying before they're making their own road they're starting from scratch basically they're well, using I mean, they're i mean not scratch but they're using help from other things that they heard sure but in the end they're making their own sound. their own original Sound. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. And making their own statements and doing doing their own thing, which I you know it's it's a pretty interesting pers- interesting perspective. Um, I mean, I think there's definitely times when you should listen to people, but I mean, there's a lot of other times when you need to be able to make decisions decisions for yourself. And you know, even if someone puts a label on you or puts you in a box, at the end of the day, you need to decide if 
if that's something that you want or not, you know, because not everything has to be bad. But at the end of the day, the important thing is you are the one who makes that call, not someone else. You control your own destiny. Right. Um, and then uh, he kind of ends it with, uh, in prison, you could learn a lesson from the analog to the hot box session. Listen. Um, and so I think that's just kind of the takeaway from this. Just like um, at the end of the day, you just just got to listen. Um, <laughs> listen in. Yeah, listen L- in every day. It's like we're what we say on this podcast. The point of this is we are trying to listen into the music and we're bringing you along to listen in with us. And we're this is just all our opinions. You could hear this song form totally different opinions. And, and actually, that's the point. Well, actually, you shouldn't form other opinions. Basically, <laughs> whatever we say is all you should believe. And uh, yeah, definitely do not form your own opinions. Only that's listen. <laughs> yeah, just listen. Just like Jack White said. Um <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, for sure, like, also, on, on that note, um, as you formulate your opinions, or if you think we totally missed something, or you want to hear us talk about something else, or you got any comments or anything else, I mean, definitely hit us up. Um, yeah, hit us up on, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter, right? Is it a underscore? Listening underscore in. Yeah, so at underscore listening underscore in. Um, and yeah, send us a message, um, any requests, anything that you got, um, happy to hear it. Um. Yeah, thanks again for listening in. Definitely check out more of Jack White's stuff. And don't, like, of course look up Jack White, but look up his other bands like The Raconteurs, The Dead Weather, The White Stripes. They're all great stuff, Um, and I would highly recommend yeah, them. Yeah, he's just a phenomenal artist. I think definitely once-in-a-generation kind of guy. Um, There's a lot of other great artists too, but he's one that I'm aware of that is just really... Um, pushing things to the next level and the beauty of it for me is none of his music sounds like the same i would say the raconteurs and the white stripes sound fairly different like see and that's i i guess this comes down to personal preference because i feel like for example they sound pretty similar but i also really like that about them because that's kind of I, I like the White Stripes because of how they sounded, and the fact that, for me, the Tours aren't that much different just means that I'm going to like them. <laughs> I already know that. And, obviously, you can't just do that because then stuff gets stale. But I think I think um, this is probably the most different, like, out-there stuff Jack White has made. I think he's, it's, he's trying to prove a point. He's trying to show that he's not in a box. He's out of that box. You know? And that and this song He's been unleashed. And that's his main message with this song. I, I especially. think so, yeah. And it's kind of just against like critics and anyone else. Because I mean he has gotten kind of panned for like getting away from essentially what made him famous, as every big artist does. You know, you get there's it's one sound that's expanding. famous. <laughs> yeah, there's one sound that gets famous, but you keep evolving, your sound keeps changing, and people don't always like that. So but anyway, I think with Jack's white Jack White's words to you would be, don't put yourself in a box. So, um, and we're trying to avoid doing that too. So we're open to other music, genres, whatever. Hit us up, underscore, uh, at, at, uh, at underscore listening, underscore in. Um, give us some feedback and we, uh, I guess we will uh, see you next time. Yep. Peace out, Boy Scout. Thanks for listening in.